Heyo, I'm Katie. And this is Corey, the co host, and this is the, the Press, Press Next, Next Podcast. Podcast. So, um, like I said, I'm Caitlin, Katie, whatever you want to call me. Um, we're just going to talk about why we like film and TV and uh, kind of how our perspectives are different and, and kind of what you're going to get from this show. So, um, first, I enjoy watching film and TV s- solely for the, the entertainment reason. So, I watch TV to unwind. Um, I enjoy going to the movies. Corey and I are married, if you don't know. Mm. And one of our favorite pastimes is to go to the movies. Um, you know, it's been a while since we've been. Heck yeah. <laughs> but but we do enjoy that. So I actually didn't really get into film until I started dating you. Yeah. And I think it's just because that I have always watched it as entertainment. You know, I have always never search for a deeper meaning to it. Obviously there are some movies that you know, there's a deeper meaning to it, mm-hmm. like get out or, uh, you know, any Jordan Peele movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, you just going in the Jordan Peele run. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, those I can, I can kind of break down and understand, but I did take a film and lit class in college. Nice. So I kind of got an understanding of breaking them down. So I guess that's kind of where I started. But then obviously when I started dating you, um, you analyze everything. You like to show how the camera moves to show that the person is, mm. you know, going crazy You're or things are things are wild in their life, whatever. So um, I have a new appreciation for it, for sure. And then TV, obviously, I just love to watch series. I love to watch TV. Um a lot of times I like to start one series and finish that series before I start another series. Um, right now we are obviously watching Ratched, and we are also on season three of Lost. So I'm really enjoying that. Or I like to watch something that I can just mindlessly watch like Friends, New Girl, right, things like that. So um, I think that I just bring a very entertaining perspective to this. I feel you. Uh, my name is Corey. As I said earlier, the um, I, do, am I your better half? Answer that question. Oh, <laughs> yes, of course you're my better half. Okay, of course, thank you. Of course, the 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 better half uh, of Katie over there, the Katie G. Um, I am 29 years old. I like long walks on the beach, and. I like to watch movies and TV shows way too much, okay? Like, I spend way too many hours watching TV shows. Katie can tell you that I probably quote movies and TV shows way too much. It's true. And thank you for loving me because that's awkward. Martin, Bernie Mac. (laughs) I can go for forever. Uh, My favorite director is Alfred Hitchcock, and we spend some of our date nights like watching Alfred Hitchcock movie because I have every single one. It's true. On Blu-ray. But what's your favorite? What's my favorite? Hitchcock? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I want to be cliche and say Psycho, but... It's gold. It is, but I don't know if it's my favorite. It's either North by Northwest. Okay. Or Rear Window. 
I was gonna say rear window. Yeah, it's, it's one of those two. I don't really like the birds. Everybody like birds. I don't. I don't like the birds. Shut up, bird. Anyway. I, was, I was gonna say rear window or Psycho, of course. But. Yeah, I mean, I like Psycho. I just everybody kind of digs Psycho, but because um, of Bates Motel. Yeah, Bates yeah. Motel is a f- fantastic show. By the it way, it is. It is. I kind of uh, want to rewatch that as well. Maybe we'll do that for uh, one of these episodes uh, or one of these segments. Anyway, um, so my kind of journey into TV and film is that I am a creative person. Uh, I do music. I write. I'm actually trying to write a short film myself. Um, and filming it as well. And I just love character development. Um, I have a degree in psychology and in counseling and in higher ed, but uh, specifically, <laughs> oh. I know, right? Let me flex. Slight flex. <laughs> um, but specifically for Ratchet, like my psychology and counseling, it's just tingling like my spidey senses. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, I'm so excited to dive into this talking about Ratchet. So my perspective. Yeah, I'm super excited to hear what you have to say from a psych- psychology right. standpoint. I can't, I'm, I'm excited. And also from a film, a film standpoint. So a lot of people don't know. I know a lot of the behind the scenes about what happens on set and stuff like that. Not because I've necessarily been on sets. I have them before, but um, studying a lot of films and I know why certain camera movements are the way they are. I know why certain people are placed the way they're placed or certain uh, lights are set up the way they're set up to make you feel a certain way. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm, I'm excited for this. Mm-hmm. So enough talking about me. Let's jump into it. We are watching Ratchet, which is based off of a book, which is then also based off of a movie. One of my favorite movies, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And first two episodes are bomb, I must say. Okay, okay. So what do you rate it so far? Oh, one out of ten? One yeah. being uh, absolute garbage, throw it in the dumpster fire. Um, ten being Alfred Hitchcock level, at least for me. Yeah. Uh, first two episodes, storyline wise, I probably give it about a seven or eight. Okay. Uh, visually, I give it a nine. Yeah, visually, I think it's it visually is. stunning. It is. Um, they do a really good job of capturing the time. Yes, it is 1947 in the film or in the show, and they do a great job. Their production value is is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And the colors are phenomenal. The colors, yeah. And everything is just set up perfectly. It's pristine. I, so if I had to average it 7.5 right now, 8. And that's like really high on my scale. Okay. I ask because I obviously am in a book club and we rate the books every time we read them. And so I'm always interested to see where everyone is in the process. And mm. um, in this, I just right now, after the first two episodes, I think that I am kind of at six and a half seven six and a half seven i know I interesting know. i know and no, I, it's okay you know i think it's because i just don't know really what's going on yet you know <laughs> i don't have enough i don't have enough context that's okay and we'll dive into that yeah we're gonna we're gonna jump 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 flip 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 philadelphia <laughs> another tv flip, show okay uh we both if you have not watched it's always sunny in philadelphia you need to Okay, um, so go birds. <laughs> All right, what's happening in these first two episodes? I'm sure those who are listening, you've probably watched the entire thing. We're watching it by two episodes at a time. But what's going on? It's like I said, it's set in 1947, so some time time ago from 2020. <laughs> um, it starts off with like the mass murder of like a priesthood. You know, like there's a bunch of people. A priesthood. It's a priesthood. Um, you know, they're living in a priest's house. 
they get murdered, mm-hmm. you know, that's crazy off top because it's so graphic, mm-hmm. you know, wild. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about that? Um, well, my favorite genre of movies is horror, mm-hmm. horror movies. And so this is kind of right up my alley. You know, it didn't shock me at all. I kind of, I don't know, kind of twisted, but, um, yeah, I, I, I was like, okay, we're, we're jumping right in. We're starting off mm-hmm. hot and heads. heavy, heads. <laughs> literally to the white meat, but, um, there was one survivor, so. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that we later. Yeah, he, forget he, about you know, him. He's chilling, that boy. Hanging under the bed. He watched old buddy get his head smashed in, too, so. Mm, and molested. Mm, mm, we ain't even going to talk about that. Then we see uh, Nurse Ratchet, right? She comes in. She's introduced to us at the gas station. And she weasels her way into getting a damn job at the Sustain Asylum. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Weasel. And I say weasel because she's slick. And I she like is. a finesse, Okay. I love a finesse. You know I love a finesse. That is true. But, but she did more than finesse. She is a weasel. <laughs> <laughs> she she got her way up in there, right? I mean, she wild. She helped somebody kill themselves. Mm-hmm. That that happened. What was that, episode one? Um, two. In one of them. One or two. <laughs> we we saw the doctors perform, um, Dr. Hanover perform lobotomy. Oh, yeah. Um... Interesting, huh? You want you want to talk about lobotomies? Don't I you? do want to talk about lobotomies, just from because you have a degree in mental health counseling and you know psychology. Full disclaimer: I have never performed a lobotomy, <laughs> but I'm interested to know. So, can you kind of give me because I don't really know much about them? Okay. Um, for the reasons that they did them. Okay, so I think me personally. This is the this is the point in life, and I'm sure we can see it now in America. We are not as smart as we think that we are. Okay, we are what? <laughs> we are not as smart as we think that we are. Okay, because lobotomies were the dumbest thing ever. It literally, mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're familiar with the brain, and I'm sure you are all familiar with the brain and how it's kind of it's segmented into different areas, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so your like occipital lobe is for like seeing and and breaking down how you see and how you get your images and stuff like that. Well, the lobotomy was performed on the prefrontal con- uh, context cortex, okay, prefrontal cortex, and basically that is where you have a lot of your like cognitive behavior, so your personality expression, uh, your decision making, your social behavior, and yada yada yada. Is this where you store your memories as well? You, you, some of them, yes. Okay. Because um, that would make sense. Right. In the show. Right. Um, but also, it will make sense the way that they perform it. So the the performance of it is, it's essentially, they take an ice pick, or before yeah. this was an ice pick, they would drill into the side of your head. And they would um, sever, like literally the connections in the, the prefrontal cortex, Okay. Uh, that's one way of doing it. And the other way of doing it, taking an ice pick and going in between the socket like of your eye. I know, it's disgusting. It's Ooh, juicy. Stop. And, and I know. Should I do like ADS? Or anyway. <laughs> um, they take an ice pick and a hammer and they essentially hammer into your brain and pivot the, the, the ice pick mm-hmm. and continue to sever those connections. So the thought process behind it was that, like, if you had mental illnesses and things of that nature, you can be cured because it was just like 
just like any other organ, there's some, maybe something wrong in your brain, mm-hmm. right? That the connections is what's making it wrong. So if you sever those connections, you should be good. And here's the thing. It actually, it actually improved people's symptoms, but it also impaired them as well. Right. So it's almost like saying, I'm going to cut off my hand. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm ha- now I'm going to have to deal with the impairments of not having a hand. Right. But oh, I don't have hand pain anymore. <laughs> like, right. That, that's why I think it's just so stupid. But yeah, we saw. Uh, oh, here's an interesting question for you. Interesting question. This is a famous person. Just guess. She was lobotomized. Who? Take a take a wild guess. Um. Well, can you give me an age range? Um. Let's just say, mind you, it's the '40s. Okay. okay? Um, this guy ends up being, you know, the people's champ. And uh, you can almost say that he got lobotomized too. <laughs> that is so wrong. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but. I, I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay, I'm not okay, kidding okay, 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 okay. Rosemary Kennedy. Mm. John F. Kennedy's sister. Listen. I know that was so terrible. That it was, was- Electric chair. Electric chair. <laughs> okay. I'm sick of you. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was lobotomized in 1941 and it incapacitated her uh, and left her institutionalized for the rest of her life. So there are so many people. I mean, thousands of people. I mean, did they just do it just to to see if it would help? Yes. Like kind of as a last resort? I don't even know. Well, I think at that time, though, you got to think in it the was 40s. More it was Yes, it was very normalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's why it actually started the way it started. The lobotomy, you didn't actually need a like a you didn't actually need a room to have surgery in. And you're talking about these mental institutions who are either paid by the state or don't have a lot of money. So True. if you can perform a surgery or a procedure without having to pay for an anesthesiologist, uh, a surgery room, uh, or anything like that, you would do that. So to me, it's a sketchy thing anyway. Right. So it kind of seems like in the show that he is. It kind of seems like he is the one that is experimenting. It it kind of seems like he is experimenting with lobotomies. Like, he doesn't know enough about it to be doing it, but he is doing it. Well, yes and no. Because um, the neurologist who did it, he ended up winning, like, a Nobel Peace Prize later on. So this is something that had already been started before. And it's a much like any other medical practice. If somebody in you know in somewhere else, let's say somebody in Australia, is has just found out a cure for ACLs where they will never tear, right? So mm-hmm. he keeps he's doing the surgery, mm-hmm. and he has figured it out. But nobody else is doing it. It's just him. And then there's one other doctor that says, "Well, I talked to him, and I, I think I'm gonna do that." And then there's okay. another one, and that's how it kind of uh, you know takes off. Okay. So in a way, yes, he is experimenting. But this is something that even in the show, he kind of alludes to. The, the Portuguese doctor. Like, oh, this is his research. Okay, And yeah. so he he shows how to do I it. Because remember, that. yeah, he went through the side of the brain the first time. Mm-hmm. And then he was thinking, oh, no, I read some more research and he said it's better to go through the eye socket. Um, so it, in America at this time, it was thousands of people got lobotomized. Okay? okay. Like, way too many people. And most of the results are the same. People ended up being not symptomatic for their their mental disorders, but severely impaired. Hmm. Like, they, they called it the childlike thing. Like, they would revert back to their childhood stage. Interesting. 
where some of them never talked again, but they acted like their children. Mm-hmm. Well, you're just severed connections in the brain, so I'm right. sure. You know, it's just, I don't know. To me, I think they're kind of stupid. Anyway, so yeah, in the episode, they we bring in the lobotomy, which is very, 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 very important to the storyline of Nurse Ratchet, which is very important to the storyline of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, um, of the insane asylum in general at that time, because it was very risky practice, and they they treated these people like experiments. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't care about them. They were like, take your meds, keep them quiet. Mm-hmm. And what we do see, like, Dr. Hanover seems to genuinely care for his patients, right? right. He thinks that they can be cured, they can be healed, which is why he kind of goes to the, the governor or the mayor or whatever, and he's looking for that money. Right. So... I think he's kind of got the the pendulum has maybe swung too far. I think he has really good intentions, but it's still messed up. Right. Yeah, I could agree. And then, I mean, there's plenty of beefs in the show, especially between uh, old Bucket. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Nurse oh, Ratchet. Yeah. yeah, they they hate each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because they're both, like, trying to be the HBIC. Right. I mean, Nurse Bucket. Oh, Bucket. That woman. We all know a Nurse Bucket. Don't we? I feel like I'm so glad you say that. There is, if you don't have a Nurse Bucket in your life, you're not living the right life. Okay? There's a Nurse Bucket in everybody. And there's a Nurse Ratchet in everybody's life, too. That is true. That is true. She is very deceiving. Mm, mm, Conniving. mm, mm, mm. But she real, though, too. That scene between them and the peach... Okay, yes. Can we talk about that scene for yes, a Yes, come on. Come on with it. Okay, so that scene, I was like, ooh, 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 ooh. Because it was just back and forth, back and forth. And I was like, this is this is the battle. Mm-hmm. They about to scrap. Yes. Scrap. And it's because they're both so strong-willed, and you can tell that they both are probably Leos. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I'm a Leo, so I can say that. But um, they're both very strong-willed, and they both want to be right, and they both think that they are right and that their way of doing things are right, and they don't like to be stepped on or told what to do. And I feel like Nurse Bucket kind of feels threatened. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. But she, but Nurse Bucket ain't no, she ain't no simp. She knew from the beginning Nurse Ratchet was all about bad intentions. And she knew, remember. Right, right, right. That she had, she was like, nah, somebody gave him this medicine. Mm-hmm. When he, when she staged the whole thing mm-hmm. about the guy's heart. Oh, she's up to her. Right. She knew from the beginning. Yeah. She's like, nah. She, Nurse Ratchet came in here, did this, that, and the third. I'm not stupid. Now, if I'm Nurse Bucket, I'm not pushing Nurse Ratchet. If I knew right. what she just did to a patient just to get in, mm-hmm. I'm pro- I ain't getting on her bad side. But also, that means, you know, Nurse, Nurse Bucket a bad bitch. She ain't, mm-hmm. She's not really scared of Nurse Ratchet. So, you know, except when she, I don't know, the hardest part of that scene is when uh, Nurse Bucket looked at Nurse Ratchet and was like, what are you going to do about it? And she was just staring at her. And mm-hmm. Nurse Ratchet was like, oh, I'm just thinking about all the things I'm going to do about it. Mm-hmm. Nurse Bucket was scared. Yeah. She was like, what the? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would be too. You've already seen what two or three examples of Nurse Ratched doing things on purpose. Right. To, to get have, her way. To have a certain outcome. Right. right. So, yeah, I ain't messing with Nurse Ratched, bro. She on that. Mm, she need to be in the damn yeah, facility. You ain't lying. She tripping. Uh, but anyway, the I think the biggest kind of like cliffhanger that leaves us is that at the end of episode two, she, Nurse Ratchet, lobotomized the lone survivor of yes. the killings. 
Yes. And the fact that we find out that the, the murderer is Nurse Ratchet's brother. Yes. Right? Crazy. Yes. Okay, so it also is kind of, and this is another way that she is very conniving, is that she tried to go and talk to this lone survivor, right? Mm-hmm. Wherever he was staying. Talk to him. Form a relationship with him to get him alone. To right? do what she needed to do. Because she knew what she wanted to do. Right. And we found that out at the end of the episode because it all made sense once we found out that Edmund was her brother. Right. And I kind of wonder what she would have done if she never learned about the lobotomy. Do you, but do you think that she learned about the lobotomy there? Or do you think that that was her, I, this is just personal opinion. I feel like she, she went to that asylum, not only because her brother was there, but because she knew the practices or was going to be there, but because she knew the practices that they were doing. Mm. What do you feel? Mm. That's a good point. Like, she did a lot of research. Obviously, she had to. Yeah. Because, remember, they stated... She knew Dr. Hanover. Right. She knew everybody And he was like, there. I ain't sent no letters out, you know? Right. So she probably staged that, too. So, I mean, good point. Hey, valid. Very valid. I didn't catch that one. So, as Charlamagne would say, drop a clues bomb for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, we're going to move on to the section, uh, a segment that we call questions, right? We're going to ask this every single episode, this list of questions. And we have answers. Hopefully they're great answers. I think they're great answers. But let's Mm -hmm, see our two mm -hmm. uh, perspectives. All right. What was your favorite scene and why? Ooh, okay. So I think that my favorite scene so far was the interview scene with Dr. Hanover. When she came in Mm. there, she had the letter. She said, he sent this letter to me. I'm supposed to meet him here. The nurses knew that he did not send a letter. Facts. They knew that he was not there. Mm-hmm. He was trying to talk to the governor. He wasn't on the premises. Punk so ass. why would he set up an interview with someone if he wasn't going to be there? Right. right. Um, and she was like, that's fine. I'll wait. I got time today. <laughs> I got time today. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, and that just goes to show, I mean, I think that that sets the scene for Nurse Ratched and shows us that... She is going to get what she wants, no matter what. Mm. And that's why it's my favorite scene, because it it really shows us what she is willing to go through to get what she wants. And that's just, I mean, obviously, we've seen that played out right. in, in the two episodes. But that was the first instance of where we actually saw she's serious about what she's doing. And she don't play no games. She said, I ain't got nowhere to be. I'm so she be sat there and she waited. Mm-hmm. And then she went into the bathroom, and what'd she see? She seen she seen old girl having sex. She saw her opportunity, is what she saw. Yes, yes. She seen her opportunity. Absolutely, opportunity. So then she was like, okay, I just saw something I wasn't supposed to see, so now I'm going to use it against mm-hmm. you to get what I want. Got and that's what up. I mean by she sets she sets up the dominoes right. to fall exactly where she wants them. That way she can pick them all up. She wild for that. I mean, but also she's just a, a master finesser because she jumped on that opportunity and made it her She's own. a genius. Yeah, she is. She was really a genius. Uh, I would probably say my favorite scene is the fake schizophrenia scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was good. Okay. and I Brilliant was, acting, by the way. Yes. <laughs> right. So when he came in, basically in the scene, Edmund came in and is talking to Dr. Hanover, obviously, because if, if you have done anything with... Um, if you're a counselor or therapist, you know that you have to like evaluate your clients and things mm-hmm. of that nature. 
So he goes in there to be evaluated. You're not just going to go to a psych ward and not have any evaluations. As a mm-hmm. matter of fact, that's why they put you in a hold, right? Right. For a certain amount of hours so you can get evaluated. Well, the thing is, if I pulled out the DSM right now, which I was going to look left, look down at it, but I think I let one of my friends borrow it. So show did. Give me my DSM back. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dr. Hanover sitting down talking to him and Edmund is just like literally acting he is acting his ass off as if he has schizophrenia. Here's the thing. And I thought about this the entire time. He's doing too much. He's doing way too much because it is very rare for you to have every single thing of schizophrenia, right? You typically have one thing and then you have maybe another comorbid disease Mm -hmm. or illness, right? Mm -hmm. Which means that they are happening at the same time or they compile on each other. So you show symptoms of one and then symptoms of of another one, Mm -hmm. right? So you might have schizophrenia with depression or, you know, something like that. Okay. He's showing every single sign of schizophrenia. That's a red flag. Like, you rarely see that. Hmm. That's like overboard. Typically, you do one thing and you kind of do that very well. So if you have schizophrenia and you have hallucinations, that's your huge thing. That's not to say that you don't have other stuff, but it's very rare to find somebody who meets every single one of the criteria and the symptoms okay okay so so what do you think he was doing i think he's trying to sell because well i mean like what what symptoms do you think that he was showing that was just too much he couldn't stay on topic okay right he's literally just going off Mm -hmm. of everything Mm -hmm. his his the way the way he's pacing his uh his speech is something his his auditory and visual hallucinations yeah Right, he's talking about those. Nothing makes sense. Right. Can we just talk about Dr. Hanover's reaction? He's like, what? Yeah, he's just looking at him like, bro, are you serious? <laughs> well, I know. Like, you know, and then he's taking into account also the fact that he murdered all these people. Mm-hmm. Right? So when he's looking and evaluating them, he's thinking to himself, nah, bro, he's literally doing everything. His The way his eyes are moving. Yeah. And, and even Dr. Hanover gives him credit. Like, you're, mm-hmm. that was a fancy job. You did yeah, a, that's like true. a fantastic job. It would make sense for Edmund to do that because he wants to be declared that he has an issue so he can stay in so that Nurse Ratchet can help him out. Right. Right? Because I'm thinking he's in prison. They sent him here to get evaluated. Mm-hmm. Dr. Hanover's like, I ain't, I'm ain't. i not falling for that, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. You got another agenda Straight here. Up. And then he sees the knife over there. But I thought the cool thing was that Dr. Hanover showed that he wasn't like afraid of him in that moment. And he allowed, he allowed Edmund to be close to something that could have killed the doctor, mm-hmm. right? Now, the doctor kind of walked over. Ooh, okay, yes. When I saw his eyes go to the knife, I was like, uh-oh. Right, so he walked over and kind of guarded himself, mm-hmm. and he grabbed the knife. But at the same time, he just let him know, I think in his pace, for me as a somebody who is an aspiring counselor, mm-hmm. It was so beautiful to see that you're in a dangerous situation, my bro. First and foremost, if I'm him, I would have never had letter openers or nothing like that in my office. Okay, mm-hmm. like I'm not having nothing sharp like that in my office. Mm-hmm. But it's 1947, so who knows? We all live and we learn. But the time it, it took, the explanation he was giving him, and the fact that Edmund was actually understanding what he's saying, one, lets me know you don't have schizophrenia, bro. Mm-hmm. You, but... The con is up. The jig is up. <laughs> you know, that scene was so cool because it lets me in on Dr. Hanover. He's mm-hmm. not stupid. Right. Okay. He's not. 
Now he's not gullible. He's not gullible. Mm-hmm. And and we kind of knew that earlier because he went up to Nurse Ratchet because he believed Nurse Bucket. Right with the but pill. Then, right, mm-hmm. but then the thing happened. Right, he because walked he in was and was like, me like I ain't stupid. Right. Yeah. You know, I wasn't born like I was born as my mom would say. I was born at night, not last night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my moms. Uh, but that was one of my favorite scenes as uh, somebody who is an aspiring counselor. Like seeing the control and command he had in the room with somebody who could potentially have a, a mental illness, but is also in a position to put. I know you just killed people, and you looking at the same knife I'm looking at, mm-hmm. and you closer to it than I am. Mm-hmm. But I can't freak out and run to it because if I freak out and run to it, then I don't have no trust between you and I. Right. I have to build that trust between you and I. So I love that scene. I, I yeah. Think I was yeah, that was a good scene. scene. I like the way that you broke that down. Well, well, thank you, sweetheart. But what was the worst scene? All right. So for me, the worst scene was the letter opener scene when Nurse Rashid, um, honestly, it, it, when she was telling him, I think that she was feeding off of her own insecurities right. to him, telling him, nobody's going to come visit you. Nobody cares about you. This, this, and this. Because she knew what he would do. And mm-hmm. then she whispered in his ear, there's a letter opener on Dr. Hanover's desk. And then he did exactly what she knew he would do. And that just breaks my heart. <laughs> I mean, I feel you. And I did not like that. <laughs> I didn't like seeing that. But I also don't... I didn't like that she was using him as a ploy. She definitely used him as a pawn. Straight up. Because... Remember that was the it was such a moment he she had to gain the trust of mm-hmm. Dr. Hanover, mm-hmm. right? Like it was such a moment where like Go ahead, sorry. You know, hey, I got you. This is something this is really bad on you. The people are here, this is gonna look really bad, and they're gonna shut you down, you're not get funding, but I got you, let me take care of it. But you probably about to talk about nurse bucket, huh? But also, this was her way to shit on nurse bucket because he said right. How was he by himself? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess Nurse Bucket isn't paying enough attention. So she's killing two birds with one stone. Right. So now she's gaining trust in her. She's gaining Dr. Hanover's trust in her while diminishing his trust in Nurse Bucket. Mm, trying to, the head honcho. She want to be the top of the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the next time Nurse uh, Bucket say something about Nurse Ratchet, he going to be like, eh, I don't know. Nurse Ratchet didn't have my back. Mm-hmm. She ain't let nobody die. Mm-hmm. Because in her eyes, you know, she said the While old buddy the on the side. Here. Right, exactly, and he's seen it too, and they had the whole photo op and everything else. So, I feel you on that. That's a that's a bad scene because old buddy had to die. I don't. I'm honestly, I'm not sure if I had a worse scene. I think it's probably for me the hotel scene, but I also think we can talk a little bit about that. The hotel scene. Okay, so. The scene where she is at the hotel with mm-hmm. the, the guy and they're about to, what we perceive at the beginning, they're about to get it on, about to get hot and heavy. Right. Okay? He about to, you know what I'm saying, knock the dust off. Because mm-hmm. obviously Nurse Ratchet ain't getting it. Okay? <laughs> That's very very obvious. So maybe, yes, she can't be that tight. Okay? She uptight. Ain't nobody uptight. Let's move on. Anyway... <laughs> So I'm thinking, all right, this is about to happen. Maybe we get a different side of Nurse Ratchet, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe like the sweet lover side or mm-hmm. maybe how she can uh, she can really be conniving and gain the trust of men, you know. Right. Uh, but we didn't see that. And so and I thought that they could have did that in like another way. And I think the reason why I didn't like that scene so much was that I didn't think that that was the first scene where it didn't bring me 
any character um, development for both characters who were in the scene. I learned nothing about the guy. Right. Besides that he's an average dude. Like, I would have been freaked the F out, too. I would have been like, all right, call me when you want this D. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, which is essentially what he did. Right. But he stayed longer than I would have. What? What you... Think about it. I'm a guy. And guys out here, just... Hear me out. Hear me? Okay. I'm a guy... I'm staying as long as he did. If there's any chance that I'm about to get some punani, okay, oh my God. I am staying, okay. all right? Like, if there's any chance. Now, you go too far, and I think that she went too far for him. Right. But I'm willing to throw if I'm willing to throw some stuff away. Okay. All right, all right. That's a little odd, <laughs> but I'm just about to hit it and quit it. Okay. I don't really care. All you right. know, from, from, from a guy's perspective, my perspective, he didn't stay too long. For yours, because you think everything creepy... He probably stayed a little bit too long. I do think everything's creepy. So I think that that scene, that was, I, I have no clue why it was there. I don't understand it because like you said, I didn't learn anything about him. It really didn't add anything to her. Except, except their conversation. So maybe, maybe it did tell us something about her because their conversation when she was like, can we just sit? Mm. And he goes to sit down. And she's like, no, on the opposite side. That was, I don't know why she wanted him on the opposite side. I didn't understand that. But when they started talking and she was like, we are in a fight. Right. Okay. What are we fighting about? Children. You want them. I don't. I think they're a burden. We decide that this isn't going to work. You leave. Shortly after I find out that I'm pregnant. I choose to raise the child until I can't anymore, and I leave it on the doorstep. So when she said that, I was like, huh, are we seeing a side of her? You know, like, is this her life that she's talking about? Right. Is this something that she hasn't healed from? Right. Is this something that she, like, is, is this giving us insight into her so that we can see why she is the way that she is? Mm-hmm. Why she treats people the way she does? Because people left her, right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's not... You know? Right. I think there, there was development there for her. And I think that you're probably on the right path. I think we, maybe we've seen something about she's kind of digging into her past and we mm-hmm. get a little bit of her vulnerability mm-hmm. or maybe like her crutch. Like we know that's probably a weak spot. That, yeah. there's, there's my little prediction. That might be a weak spot for right. her. Right. Um, it, it, it maybe is into, I mean, if we think about it, what did the guy say in the beginning when he went to the priest, Right. He went to the priest. He was talking about why he (laughs) he was talking about why he came to. He's like, do you remember my mom? You know, and after you left her or whatever, I uh, or she fell into, you know, becoming a Mm. a hooker or whatever. And she was in a whorehouse. Right. Exactly. So I remember. So maybe those two things link. Uh, maybe they don't, but maybe they link. And then also I was thinking maybe it could be like a demisexual thing. Maybe she just kind of gets a sexual experience from some sort of like inter interplay that is intelligent okay right i don't know that's probably a far stretch <laughs> uh but i think it's pro- i think you're probably more on pace or on par with it's a look into her past mm-hmm. um but we'll see well i hope that we'll see because we haven't seen no more episodes so i'm okay. hoping that we see my yeah i hope i hope that builds yeah me too um i don't know why my scene i had no clue why it was there was at the beginning, there was like a scene of a priest and he was like jacking off <laughs> to like mm-hmm. some softcore porn. No idea why that was there because it, it made, if you think about it, it's a space filler. I don't care 
that he was jacking off the porn. Right. And that he's a priest. Like, he died that night. Wait, okay. But was the one that was... Was the one that was jacking off, was he the one who was molested? Yeah, he's he the died? one that... He was the one that stayed home when the rest of them went to the... Uh, I think, I believe. Mm. But even... Like, I would have never had to know... This is why I say that. For everybody who was going to die that night, I don't care what they were doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. you could have shown them walking out the movie. Okay, cool. I get it. But, like, what was the point of him? Okay, yeah. You know, like, you're going <laughs> to die, bro. I don't care that you just left church and you were beating your meat to some softcore porn in the in the house full of priests. <laughs> Well, why okay. why did that matter to anything so that was like the thing that threw me off because i thought maybe it was like maybe he was going to be an integral you know part of the the story mm-hmm. and and maybe he's not really the priest that we think he is because he's doing things to defile his body that priests typically are not supposed to do right but the man died that night all right that, that was a maybe know. we'll learn more about it maybe but maybe it for now the, to the plot we <laughs> We gonna see. All right. Wait, before we move on, another scene that I didn't understand the reasoning behind was why they put such an emphasis on the the oysters. No, ooh, I'm because, so glad you said that. Because I do get like them going out to dinner and then her taking her there and it kind of being like an intimate thing, but the emphasis that they put on the oysters and how to eat them and I just don't understand no, the reasoning. I will tell you why. Okay. Or I'll tell you why I think they did it. Right? Okay. From a filmmaker, from a storyteller. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I'm like in this right now. Hands flying everywhere. My hands are flying. I'm going. Here's the breakdown of this. Cue the sexy music. Okay. okay. It's 1940s. Oh my gosh. To be a lesbian, as they pointed out in the show, is a mental illness. Ooh. Now we all know. That's another thing. Uh, was like, we all oh. know that it's not, but at this time, mm-hmm. it is a mental illness. Mm-hmm. But from the beginning, from when the when the the mayor put his hands on her, and what did she say? Please don't touch me in that way. They zoom the camera in on her, Nurse Ratchet, and uh, Gwendolyn. That's her name, Gwendolyn. Mm-hmm. They zoom the camera in on Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn looked at Nurse Ratchet like, "Ooh, okay." You don't want a man to touch you. You want maybe a female to touch you. So what does she say? She says, let's go to an oyster bar. What does Nurse Ratchet say? I've never had oysters before. This is a euphemism. Now. Oh, the clam. <laughs> right. Okay. 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 And also shellfish are aphrodisiac. Okay. 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 And so that entire scene was just so sexy. Okay. Without it being sexy. It's 1947. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she's not about to come out and be like, Yo, what's good with you? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm where that pearl at. But anyway, she's going to do it in a way that is much more refined, okay. elegant, sweet. And she did it. She was. She grabbed it for her. Just open your mouth. Let it slide in. Let it happen. Taste good, doesn't it? Even the way she put the stuff on the oysters was just so gentle. And uh, I was digging into that scene. I knew where she was going with this, which is why it was such a huge turn when they went to the the bar, when they went to mm-hmm. the gay bar, mm-hmm. right? Because now Nurse Ratchet has had a good time with this woman. Right. She's had a f- fantastic time with Gwendolyn. Mm-hmm. If anybody is able to get close close to Nurse Ratchet, it's Gwendolyn. Right. Now she has to fight 
feelings that she's having because she just watched somebody get lobotomized right. for being a lesbian. Right. So she has to, in order to believe in the things that she's doing, she has to have some sort of separation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that was, that's how I broke it down. I love that scene. I was like, ooh, this is cute. It's cool because what they're doing is they're showing like the sexual tension between the two without it being sexy. Sexy. Yeah. They didn't, nobody had to take out their clothes. Right. They didn't have to kiss. Right. They have to touch. She didn't grab her butt or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. They use an oyster as a euphemism. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because now that does make, some, make more sense. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. This is what I mean by, I don't, I don't think as deeply into things oh i did i was in there like man but now i'm like oh so deep man yeah. man and that's why please somebody put me in the writer's room okay <laughs> put me in the, put writer's, him room. In the writer's room because man i that's what i be thinking when i'm writing stuff like how do i get this across um and into your mind subliminally and not just straight to your face sometimes you got to do stuff straight to your face but um let's let's move on to who we love the most what character let's right now do we love the most Okay, so for me right now, um, <laughs> everybody seems a little crazy. Um, right now, I would say Dr. Hanover is my favorite. Nice. Just because I, I, I feel like his intentions are for the best. I right. feel like he has great intentions. I feel like he is actually trying to help these people because that's what he believes. The lobotomies, right. he believes those are going to help people. So, so he wants to do this cutting-edge research. He <laughs> wants to do these um, these cutting-edge procedures because he wants to help these people. And he thinks that this is what's going to help them. Right. So I feel like he has good intentions. I feel like he's smart. I feel like he's a smart guy. So He's I, a smart guy. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> I'm excited to see how his character develops. I kind of... Um... I kind of peered into mine already. I think Gwendolyn. I love Gwendolyn. Okay. She is okay. Miranda from Sex in the City. Yeah, I love Gwendolyn. Let me tell you why. Let me let me let me is break it, it down for you. Because she's a redhead. You know, you didn't have to tell the, the, the streets my business. Okay, I do love a redhead, but <laughs> I'm not redheaded by the way. I'm blonde. <laughs> oh, listen, I love you more. Um, but she knows this. Katie knows this. I I do love a redhead, but no, this is not because she's. Red. I don't even. Not even her looks, okay? It's not even her looks. It's her... She, to me, feels the like she's the realest character Real. on the show. I was going to say that. Right, like, she... They're at lunch. She sees the opportunity for the, the money to be given to the psych ward mm-hmm. to boost their campaign, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I think that this is a clear kind of a connection into how women run the world, right? Like, literally... <laughs> How they run the world. You can talk about uh, a president, and if you look, especially in the 1940s, okay, you're talking about the 40s and, and beyond, the first ladies running the house, okay? They're running the ship. Mm-hmm. They don't get a lot of credit, but they, they know this is a good look, especially when it comes to optics. This is a good look. Mm-hmm. So she's the one that takes initiative to say, hey, let me go Hear talk to, yeah, mm-hmm. let me go talk to Dr. Hanover. We're going to give you this money because it's going to look good for both of us, mm-hmm. okay? Then... She's married to this ugly fat dude. <laughs> she knows she don't want to be with him. But it take a lot for her to stay because she knows what she need to do. She got to play her role, right? Mm-hmm. And she is the only person who within probably 30 minutes of knowing Nurse Ratchet, is the only person who can get close enough. I think she has the greatest opportunity to expose Nurse Ratchet. Right. Okay. So I like her realness. I like the fact that 
she just knows what's going on. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she just she just gets it. She can see it from afar. She does kind of get some stuff wrong, uh, but that's just real. Sorry, we have a uh, we have two dogs, and we're gonna plug our dogs right here. We have two very beautiful pups. We have Suede on the couch right now. She's just chilling, and little Pears, who if you hear any noise, it's him. Uh, and we constantly yell at them because Perry likes to lick himself. And he likes to, for some reason, scratch on his little bed and move around, which is probably what he's doing now. So if you hear any of that, that's Perry. Um, <laughs> he's doing flips right Yeah, now. he is. He's wild. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are y'all doing something? Right. Y'all need to see this. Anyway, <laughs> if you ever hear us talking about our dogs, we will post pictures of our dogs. We love our dogs. They're very cute. Look at Sway. They're best friends. They are best friends, too. It's, it's the wildest thing. Perry is my dog, Suede is Katie's dog, and we brought them together when we met, and they literally are inseparable. Aww. They sleep by each other. They sleep on each other. We blended them. We did. You know the movie Any- Blended? Yay. <laughs> anyway, back to the, the story, because we plugged pups. I'm talking about Gwendolyn. She's my favorite character. I'm glad that Dr. Hanover is yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's move to the opposite. Who's a character you hate right now? Nurse Bucket. Mm. <laughs> nurse bucket. bucket. I don't even have to explain it. I just nurse bucket. She is um. She is a thorn in the side. She is, and I think when I first watched the show, I hated her too. But you know what? I don't like Nurse Ratchet. Huh? I'm just kidding. And I may be. I, I may be biased because of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Okay, I may be biased. I'm, I'm gonna full disclosure. There's probably some bias there. However, I don't like her level of finesse. She's not, I don't think she's like a true finesser. She's a bully. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like finesse is like, you see an opportunity, you take advantage of an opportunity, but you're not like killing people. Right. She out here like. Ill will. Yeah, she ill willing people. You know, like you can finesse and get your own and somebody else get their own. She's a, she's a scammer. You know, like nobody likes a scammer. So right now I don't like Nurse Ratchet. You know, I'm glad you said that, though, because I feel like since she is the star of the show, that it is hard to dislike her or right. hard for people to dislike her just because it's her show. Right. And I'm sure somebody's probably like, I'm sure you can connect with her. She has a brother who maybe she understands more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so she wants to help the brother out. I get it. Mm-hmm. They've been through it. You've been through it. Maybe. We don't know. But you're still an asshole, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? yeah. which I don't like. So for me, I think it was Nurse Bucket at first, but I think Nurse Nurse Bucket is smelling her, you know what I'm saying, when she walked in. She knew. You not real. Mm-hmm. You fake. I can sniff you a mile away. Mm-hmm. I've been here a long time, you know? I, I can see that. But the, I guess the bad thing Nurse Bucket is, is uh, she's old, so she doesn't have all the new tricks under her sleeve. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so last question is, what about the episode can you relate to, like, real life and... You know, what might you do in a, in a certain situation? Um, I think to some extent, we all, this is going to sound bad, but it, it's not always a negative connotation, but I feel like we all use people. Oh, yeah, definitely. We all use people. Every day. And that is what I can relate to most with Nurse Ratchet is that she uses people to get what she wants. We do the same thing. We're human. We sin. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Amen. 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 <laughs> Um, but I just think that that paints a picture that, that she is, even though she is doing all these heinous things, mm-hmm. 
she's not much different from us. No, she really isn't. And so. I think that we try to like make these degrees of separation mm -hmm. because we probably say something like we'd never lobotomize somebody or right. we might not kill them. But you know, is what we do much better? Right. So, I mean, interesting take. And I appreciate that. I like. I feel like I appreciate that honesty, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it is real. We use people every single day and we try to act like we don't. Um, for me, I I love that they went into the depth of the storyline of like the LGBTQ uh, community and mm -hmm. its quotations disorder because I don't think that a lot of people know. I'm sure if you're of that community, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I don't think a lot of people know that at that time, not only it is very real for them to be persecuted mm -hmm. and shipped off where you can have an actual mental disorder. Right. And if you if your sexual attraction is to something other than the binary, what they set up, mm -hmm. you're mentally ill, which is like, as we know now, just so foul. Right. And stupid. Very foul. Right. I love that they are highlighting but, it in the show. But some people and 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 people the reason people why I said this people that. still feel that yes. way. People yes. still feel that way. People and still so, think it's a mental illness. Right. So I I like that they're highlighting it in the show because there's a bunch of people who still feel the exact same um who in my personal opinion just uneducated <laughs> um or maybe they just don't want to accept it or whatever but whatever it may be I'm happy that they bring it to the show because I think that it still happens to this very day, to this very moment. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure that I could talk to any of my friends who are in the community uh, if they feel comfortable about it. We'll, I mean, we can bring them on the show and we can talk to them about specifically that. Uh, or we can get on IG Live with them and talk to them about that. Right. I, I feel like that is something that is going to um, transpire. Yes, because we have... Uh, look at it right now. Gwendolyn's a part of the community, but she's not inside. Mm -hmm. Right? She's not... In, when I say inside, I mean in the in the... The psych ward. She's not in the the psych ward. She, very high functioning, high functioning. is running the the business. She's doing everything she needs to do. She's even married. Married to the elected right governor. Yeah. So there's a dichotomy of we have somebody who comes in who's getting lobotomized for doing the exact same thing that Gwendolyn's doing. Mm -hmm. It's creating a back and forth for Nerf Ratchet. Right. What do I actually believe? Because on one hand, I believe that you need to be lobotomized because you have an issue. On the other hand, I'm seeing somebody who got really close to me, who seems very normal. And I didn't know that that was a sexual orientation until I knew. And when I didn't know, now I'm upset because I'm, I've been put in a position mm -hmm. that is against what I believe. And that's what we do every single day. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. We believe one thing. And then we get close to something or some other situation that makes it hard for us to believe in the thing that we've always believed in because maybe we're wrong. And so as humans, it's so hard for us to admit to ourselves, uh, we're wrong. Right. You know, and then I have to change my stance because I'm in that uncomfortable position. We can go with LGBTQ. We can go anywhere with that right. uh, breakdown. But I, that's what, that's the, the real life application from these two episodes that I enjoy is that they're bringing that to light and they're showing at least two sides. Obviously, there's a spectrum and a mm -hmm. continuum. Mm -hmm. But they're showing two completely opposite sides of members of that community. I hope that there's a male, and I say male in quotations as well, because right now it's only been two females, right? Mm -hmm. There's been a lesbian who got lobotomized, mm -hmm. and it's been uh, a lesbian who is head honcho running the right. show. Um, so I hope they dive into that even a bit more. Maybe they do. So... 
that is my and uh i just want to say love wins oh always always love wins man all right so my next question is weird but prediction for the show okay maybe the next episode okay what you got going what do you predict is going to happen so my prediction of the show is that um, Nurse Ratchet is just going to do what she can to help her brother out, mm. whether that be get him out of the psych ward, whether that be keep him there. That way he doesn't go to prison. Um, nice, because she can just stay there, too. Right. So I I think that was her whole point of being there. And I'm interested to see. OK, OK, OK. You know what mine is? I'm inter- I'm so glad you actually said that because mine is kind of the opposite. I think she's going to try She's going to fail. And I think that here's a big prediction. Here we go right here because I'd like to play this game. Big prediction. He's going to kill her. Mm. He actually does have a mental illness. And he can't help himself. Okay. Okay. And she's going to do everything she can to get that man up out of there. And he's going to. It'll, gonna it'll be him. all for nothing. All for nothing because he's going to turn around and kill her. But, I mean, if we're going off of like the movies, maybe she stays alive. But. <clears throat> maybe the show isn't going off of that. I don't know. Maybe. So who knows? Is it too predictable? Is it too predictable? I don't know. I guess that's we'll a big, see. <laughs> that's a big prediction. Uh, listen, this was the first episode. We are so happy that you joined us. Um, we're going to have more of these. These will drop every single Wednesday till we're done with the show and we'll start a new show. But here's what we want from y'all. Engage with us on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, because we want to know what your favorite shows are. We want to break down your shows. We want to jump on IG Live with you. We want to talk to you. We want. We really what want to you, engage with you. And tell us, what are you watching now? What's a movie that you've seen recently that you think we should cover? What's a TV show that you are enjoying right now? We want to see, we want to know what you're doing. We want to know what you got out. going on. What you got going on. Speaking of TV shows and stuff, other than Ratchet Girl, what you got going on? So uh, we have been slowly trudging through Lost. Mm -hmm. We were hot and heavy when we first started. And then (laughs) the playoffs, the basketball playoffs. uh, Shout out to the GOAT, King James. Turned up a little bit. So every single day has been sports, either basketball or football. So we haven't been watching it a lot um, lately, maybe a couple episodes a week. But Mm -hmm. that show is so good. It's an old show. I just recently started watching it. Corey's already watched it. But Lost... Um, I just binge watch Emily in Paris. It's so cute. I love it. So it has uh, Lily Collins. Love her. Um, but it's got Lily Collins and um, Kate Walsh makes an appearance mm, in a couple of episodes. Kate Walsh. Okay, calm okay, down. Is it because she's sorry. is it because she's a redhead? It is because she's a redhead. <laughs> um, she's in a couple of episodes, but it's only ten episodes. I binge watched it in like two days. It's fine. We Dang, didn't have girl. much. We didn't have much going on over the weekend, so um, super good. I enjoyed that. All right, all right. Uh, what I got going on right now, I've been heavy into, like, actual TV. So, like, I mean, like, live sports. So, obviously, the the NBA Finals just ended. Really, shout out to King James. Honestly, like, I love LeBron James since I was, like, 15 years old. And he has been literally the, the epitome of what it is to be, like, a man and, like, an athlete. So, shout out to King James. Uh, that's just a plug. But anyway... I think right now I'm just into old shows. I'm so glad that they're putting all these black shows back on Netflix, okay? <laughs> Moesha, Girlfriends, uh, Sister, 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 okay? Sister, Sister. So happy 
that they're doing that because I'm going back and like watching all of these shows mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, of course still on my old shows like Bernie Mac and stuff like that I watch those just to pass the time Bernie Mac day. yeah but boom, 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 boom. Bernie Mac day what I am about to start and I've been waiting to start is Lovecraft Country yes sir and it just I think it just wrapped up so I'm gonna binge the heck out of that um, so that's what I'm gonna be watching here like come here soon and yeah listen we are a self-funded podcast so every episode here's what we're gonna do much like offering at the church can we can we cue the church music let them organs play real quick i know that's not even a church song <laughs> I'm, some little me. I'm sorry that's just what came to my head <laughs> yeah. um listen if you want to hit us up on venmo if you want to hit us up on cash app press next podcast Send us a fiver, drop us some money, send us some some well wishes. Uh, this is we we are we fund ourselves. So the more you help us out, we appreciate it. At some point, we will have some merch and some things to give back to you. We want to make this an experience for y'all. So thank y'all for the journey for real. But we do want to shout out our one donor. Oh yeah, hey, big germ. Appreciate you, boy. Appreciate you, boy. We got one donation. He came through for us. You know what I'm saying? So we. Sure do appreciate you. Literally, if you listen to this all the way through, we love you. If yes. you listen to it halfway through, we love you. Yes. If you press you play for this, 10 we seconds, love we love you. We thank you for supporting us. You go watch episodes three and four. We're going to watch it. We'll be back next Wednesday. All right. Hey, when you get the prompt. Always. Always press next. Press next. Okay. We love y'all. We out. <laughs>